I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. On this week's Big Tech Show, Ireland's biggest drone delivery company looks set to cover Dublin by the end of the year. MANA boss Bobby Healy tells us about his goal to be one of the biggest companies in the world. We want to win big here. We don't want to be one player of a 500 different drone companies. We want to be the biggest thing the world has ever seen. We want to be in every single suburban household on the planet. To do that, you start with things that are high adoption, high frequency products. You go straight to the coffees and the takeaway food. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily, it's a knockout for the Kinnahans in boxing. The Kinnahans are very sneaky in their business dealings and they've often and always used people to front up their businesses and all the rest of it. But I don't think that boxing can afford anymore to just take people at face value. I think they're going to have to do a lot of reconnaissance before they sign up with any companies. Daniel Kinnahan has spent years using boxing to enhance his reputation. But it's been a week since the US government imposed unprecedented sanctions on the Kinahan gang. The boxing world has come under pressure over its links to the cartel. And in respect then of, of individuals and very prominent sporting individuals who are obviously in some way connected with this uh, group, and I, I would say you, you need to look to your sport, you need to look to your fans, and you need to think of your own reputation. Um, but like I said to them, it's none of my business and I don't get involved in other people's business, so it doesn't really concern me. On Wednesday, MTK, the boxing organisation founded by Daniel Kinahan, announced it would cease all operations. I think really it has to be the end of Kinahan in the boxing and I think this is the start really of the fall and we're going to see an awful lot more entities like MTK perhaps fold over the coming weeks. I'm Fiannan Sheehan and today on the Indo-Daily I'm joined by Sunday World Investigations editor Nicola Talent to discuss the background to the Kinahan's role in boxing. Nicola, what's happened this week to MTK and how significant is it? Well, I mean, what hasn't happened? It's gone wallop and it's announced that, uh, you know, that it's going to cease operations, which is just extraordinary for a company that has fought so hard to distance itself from Daniel Kinahan and then has embraced him and, you know, has been, it's been very yo-yo, uh, the PR coming from MTK all along. Um, but it's been a very bolshy company. It's been a company that has put a lot of money and emphasis into its PR strategy. Um, it, it fights its enemies. It doesn't take anything lying down and it has folded uh, and it just shows the absolute power and strength of those US sanctions and what it has done to the Kinahans and probably businesses linked to them. And what were the sanctions that you think made an impact in this case? Well, I think in particular, um, there was a kind of warning to anybody within boxing who is still, you know, in business with Daniel Kinahan or negotiating with him in any which way. And I think that's probably caused the likes of MTK a massive corporate 
problem because the big corporates are, you can just see that they're beginning to move away, very worried about dealing with anybody that may be anyway linked to Daniel Kinahan. And at the end of the day, no matter what MTK have said over the years, they have been very insistent that Daniel Kinahan pulled away in 2017, that that company was bought outright from him and from Matthew Macklin. Um, but it was founded by him in 2012 in, in um, Marbella. And no matter what they have tried to done do on a corporate level, he has still been intrinsically linked to it. So what reasoning did MTK outline for the, for the folding? Well, of course, they didn't take any responsibility for it. They, they have always been very anti-media. At one point, they actually issued a ban on the Irish media, which lasted for a year. Um, none of their boxers were allowed to speak to any journalists and they weren't allowed into any of the boxing. The Irish boxing media weren't allowed into any of the fights. Immediate effect, MTK Global will be boycotting all media in the Republic of Ireland and pulling out from hosting any more boxing events there for the foreseeable future. Despite announcing MTK Global cutting ties with Mr Kinahan, the Irish media continue to sensationalise and slander MTK Global and I cannot and will not allow this to continue. So they blamed pretty much the publicity and they blamed the, you know, they just kicked the blame on to these nasty journalists who have been really at them and against them and that these you know, the links, the, the ongoing links with Daniel Kinahan has been the problem. They didn't take any responsibility at all for themselves. Um, they just, you know, have kicked the blame on and said that they're going to try and look after their boxers and link them up with new promotional um, agencies, which seems like, I mean, they've so many boxers that you'd wonder who's going to take them on. So Nicola, while MTK weren't directly named last week by the US and Irish authorities, there was a link nonetheless. Oh, I mean, for sure. Look, the link, the clear link that has always been there is the fact that Daniel Kinahan and his friend Matthew Macklin founded the company. It changed name at some point around 2017, but it was his company and he sold it. We've always been told to Sandra Vaughan, who was a, a fake bake tan millionaire who who came in and bought it basically and and she claimed that she'd cut all ties with them. But while MTK Global weren't named in those sanctions, other companies were that appear to be the kind of the mothership of the Kinahan Enterprises. Uh, In particular, there was one company, Dukashu, which there's still ongoing investigations into it and its links to other companies and and its address. There's a phone number in particular that um, links that company and it's used in a, in a lot of other companies, including, I believe, MTK have, have used that phone number. So there is clear links there. Now, MTK in their statement said, as a business, they've faced unprecedented levels of unfair scrutiny and criticism since, since the sanctioning of Daniel Kinahan. And they said unfounded allegations about his ongoing association with us and our fighters persist. But actually, if you look at the timeline, of what went on with MTK. They initially claimed they've absolutely nothing to do with him. He's, he's uh, you know, he's absolutely gone fr- from, uh, he's sold out, nothing to do with them. And then as Tyson Fury calls him out as, as this great uh, boxing broker, MTK changed their tune and they come out and they say, well, actually, Kinahan 
founded the company. He's very interested in how it gets on. He's he's offering his services and he's an advisor to a number of their boxers. He's not quite managing them, but he's an, he's an advisor. And if you're to believe what they said at the time, which is only in the last couple of years, they said he was kind of doing all that for free because he really just thought MTK, he'd like to see it, you know, get successful. Hello there. I'm just after getting off the phone with Daniel Kinahan. Uh, he's just informed me that the biggest fight in British boxing history has just been agreed. Get up there, my boy! He was the one who introduced MTK to Bob Arum's top, top rank and brought them together. And um, But again, he wasn't getting paid for that. So it was always very difficult to believe that the narrative that Kinahan was completely separated from them. And clearly, I'm not alone with that. Uh, the big corporates have... have um, pulled away from MTK and it can't keep going without that. So you'd think it, this was inevitable given the transatlantic crackdown last week? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that has been such a long time coming, those sanctions. They were very carefully planned. You know, within the sanctions, there's a very interesting specific about Sean McGovern, which I think because of so much breaking news that Tuesday, um, it was one just one massive big news story after the other. But within it was the fact that Sean McGovern is wanted here for murder. Now, that would be an incredible standalone story. Sean McGovern is is um, Daniel Kinahan's right-hand man. He's been his advisor. He's been his closest confidant. And to remove him from Daniel Kinahan is, you know, it, from a psychological point of view, is a very intelligent thing to do by the authorities. It's also a test case. Are the UAE going to hand him back? They've handed others back to other territories on lesser, wanted for lesser charges. I think it's an inevitability that McGovern's going to be home very soon. So everything that was done within that sanctions was very well thought out. The authorities have been working together for years really since about 2017, 2018. I mean, we know that the DEA were working along with their European partners in 2017, in the April of that year when Daniel Kinahan got married in the Burj Al Arab. They were uh, had that wedding under surveillance and, and they were able to use what they garnered from it in documents which were later sent across to Europe for court cases that were, were going on. So this is a long time coming and this isn't just law enforcement getting together and giving the Kinahans a bit of a slap. This is a very intelligent process, which is going to be, it's going to result in the ultimate takedown of the Kinahans and all the businesses and entanglements around them. Yeah, the house of cards, as you put it yourself, uh, during the week. Take me back to the start of Daniel Kinahan's involvement with, with boxing. How did that evolve? So, like from years and years ago, the Kinnahans in general were always interested in boxing. I recall Christy Kinnahan at one stage buying a load of tickets in Dublin in the National Stadium um, for a Matthew Macklin fight, actually. And the tickets were bought, but Garda Intelligence would have suggested that they were bought as part of a crime conference that was happening and a number of Limerick criminals came up and it was at the stadium that they met and they did deals. Now at the time Kinahan was very much expanding out across Ireland and making partnerships with the big gangs in the West in the North. He was really taking over 
the drugs market in Ireland at the time. So boxing was always very intrinsically linked with them. Uh, Daniel Kinnan himself would have had a go at boxing. I don't know wh- how good he was at it. He'd certainly uh, been clapped a lot whenever he stood into the ring. But um, he, he, it would have been a hobby for him growing up. And, and Kinnahan Sr. himself was a kickboxer as a child. Clearly, you always have the links between boxing and mafias and crime. And that, that, that goes a long time back. But in 2012, two years after Operation Shovel, when the Spanish police announced that they had taken down the Kinahan Mafia and named them as a mafia at that point. In 2012, I was actually out in Marbella on a Sunday World investigation and we discovered that the Kinahans were very much back in business. They hadn't been shut down. And in fact, that they'd opened this gym called MGM outside Porta Banus on a little roundabout. It was down a, it looked like an underground car park actually for all the world like that. And we watched it for some time and we looked at the social media around it and we realised that it was pretty much a place. Okay, it was a gym. It was a non-for-profit organisation. Matthew Macklin was fronting it. He was the the name on it. But Daniel Kinahan was clearly involved in the background. You could see he was dealing with the builders. You know, he was showing up sort of became more confident actually as the time went on and he'd show up at, at charity events himself and then he started being interviewed about his role in it and you know he described himself as a founder of it and that's really where it all started and MGM was a small gym Ian Dixon who was named in the sanctions was one of the first coaches working out there he, he moved out to Spain he's a cousin of Daniel Kinahan and they started signing up boxers they initially targeted the British Olympic team Thomas Stoker and a few big names like that brought them out and they started to grow. They were sort of signing up Dublin, local Dublin boxers who maybe wouldn't have otherwise become professional or had a professional career. But they started off slow and then they just began to explode. And by about 2014, two years in, I remember looking one day and they'd signed about 100 boxers. I mean, it was unprecedented. at the rate it was growing. And you had this narrative all the time coming from the boxers. These guys would have been desperate to make their living from what it was they loved and believed that they, they wanted to do as a career. But like not everybody can become a professional sports person. I think that is the same across the board. It's a dream really, isn't it? And, and, you know, for for few, it becomes a reality. But what was happening there was these boxers who were kind of struggling to make a living were being signed up on big contracts and they were being brought out to Marbella, put up in beautiful villas. Their families moved out and MGM gym was almost like a nirvana for them. They were being coached. They were being fed on special diets. They were literally being able to chase their dreams. And that brought with it that incredible loyalty that we still see to Daniel Kinahan. We haven't maybe seen so much of it this week, but, you know, up until this point when he was sanctioned, you can see the boxers coming forward and defending him no matter what the allegations are about him. They will defend him and say that he's a great guy and, you know, because he made their dreams come true. And how did the Regency Hotel events change that dynamic? Well, MGM were growing and growing and they'd been over and they'd they had actually hosted a couple of big shows in Dublin before the Regency. The Regency was the big sort of homecoming, actually, of Jamie Kavanagh, who was a boxer whose father was uh, the late Jared Hatchett Kavanagh, who was actually murdered in Marbella in 2015. And it would emerge that he was actually a victim of his own crew, the Kinahans. 
But Jamie Kavanagh was to be coming home. He was one of the the highlights on the bill. And um, it was there was a kind of a background where I think Daniel Kinahan was becoming more powerful. He was taking over the mob, the criminal side of the mob from his father. He was he was merging with some big gangs on the uh, in Europe into this European cartel, as we know it, with the Italian Camorra, with the Macra Mafia from the Netherlands and with a Bosnian outfit called um, the Tito and Dino cartel. And he really had ambitions way above what his father ever had. And I think at that time, he was probably leaving behind some of the old friends from Dublin who had um, maybe worked hard with him to become as big as they had become. And there was sort of jealousies and accusations going on in the background. And there had been a shooting at his own property where a boxing coach called Jamie Moore had been injured and things were bad. Obviously, Gary Hutch had been murdered out in, in Spain, which was a, a huge part of the whole story. And, um, you know, the Kinahans came home to Dublin for the big homecoming and, and what happened, but they were attacked. And, and that that Regency attack was an attack on Daniel Kinahan. He survived and his friend David Byrne was murdered. But it was an attack on his attempts to become what he did actually become, which was a very powerful um, figure in boxing, because it was very well planned to do it there and then. There would have been plenty of other uh, opportunities to kill Daniel Kinahan if that was the only reason for for that um, that 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 shooting. I don't know how many pictures we have in our archives of. Daniel Kinahan that he doesn't know were ever taken um, and really a camera could work in the same way as a, a sniper's rifle if, if you so wished but they they tried to carry out that shooting at that boxing event to destroy him within boxing as well as personally And yet even beyond those events and the subsequent feud the boxing world has attempted to ignore his criminality it has completely ignored it. It has defended him. It has absolutely, totally and utterly glorified him. And there's a lot of people, I think, within boxing who will find it very difficult to untangle themselves from Daniel Kinahan. There's a lot of people trying to change history this week and they're trying to claim that they're not, you know, that they didn't really know him. They didn't know anything about him. You see people claiming that they signed contracts with MTK Global, that they were working with Daniel Kinahan and they never knew anything about him. But if you're a guy that is offered a big job and this is what these these boxers are offered, it's a contract of a lifetime. You're getting paid money to do what you absolutely love and you're possibly moving location, moving your whole family. I mean, it's just so hard to believe that the least thing you wouldn't do was Google him. And like you Google Daniel Kinahan or you Google MTK Global and you, you know, you see the, you know, the flashes, you know, the, the, the flashy websites and all the rest of it. But you also see the stories. A lot of people are, are, are kind of trying to claim that they had nothing really to do with him and they didn't really know anything about him. And it's, it looks to me a little bit like rats from a sinking ship, which is always the way I knew it was going to be to be honest with you. And that's right up to and including Tyson Fury, uh, heavyweight boxer, massive name in, in in the boxing world, previously crediting Daniel Ginnahan with getting deals across the line and now 
nothing to say about this issue. Yeah, he's kind of making out really that, oh, you know, he was just somebody that he wasn't really that close with. Obviously, we had the situation last week when the US authorities announced that Daniel Kinahan was sanctioned. What was your relationship with him and what's your relationship going to be going forward? Um, I've just had a million questions about all this rubbish before. Um, but like I said to them, it's none of my business and I don't get involved in other people's business, so it doesn't really concern me. His uh, former trainer, Ben Davison, in, in an interview stated that Daniel Kinahan pretty much saved Tyson Fury's life. Um, you know, that he had plucked him at a time when he was at his lowest ebb. He was, you know, in, in the throes of addiction, in the throes of depression. He was in debt up to his eyeballs and he was never going to, you know, make it again. And that Daniel Kinahan had taken him, taken him in, had given him back a belief in himself, had paid off his debts and had relocated him to Marbella where he embarked with with him through through the MGM then coaches at the time. This incredible comeback, which really we can't take from anybody. I mean, it, the, the, the comeback that Tyson Fury, I'm not a bad boxing fan or anything. I only know a little bit about boxing because of my work as a crime journalist. But... I mean, the comeback of Tyson Fury is just incredible. It'll go down in history, really. Um, You know, those first videos of him out in Marbella after Daniel Kinahan had taken him in and he's running through these fountains at night and he's just huge, obese, unhealthy, unfit guy. And to see that being tra- transformed into what he is now you know, a world champion is is just an extraordinary feat the questions remain um, you know what was behind that and, and where did the money come from Is this the end of the Kinahan's involvement with boxing? Yes I think it absolutely has to be there's no doubt about it now the Kinahan's are very sneaky in their business dealings and they've often and always used, um, you know, people to front up their businesses and all the rest of it. But I don't think that boxing can afford anymore to just take people at face value. I think they're going to have to do a lot of reconnaissance before they they sign up with any companies. I think I think really it has to be the end uh, of Kinahan in, in, in the boxing and I think this is the start, really, of the fall and we're going to see an awful lot more entities like MTK perhaps fold over the coming weeks. So this is the first of the direct impacts that we're seeing as a result of the sanctions and you expect then that to go spread like a a spider's web over the coming weeks and months and years? Do you know, Fiona, I did a a thing recently on the oligarchs in London, right? And... um, you know, when you look at them, who they are and how they're there and all the rest of it, and there's political reasons for that. But around them are these industries. There's lawyers, there's accountants, there's shops, there's designer goods, there's all these, you know, things. There's butlers, of course, in in, in London. It's still a career to be a, a butler, to open a door for somebody. And that's because of the oligarchs. And what, what you have is with organised crime, it's exactly the same. There are these enormous amount of people feeding off the likes of the Kinahan organised crime group, many of them purporting to be legitimate businesses, but all are actually only 
surviving because of drug money. And I do think that we'll see a lot of them now fall one by one over, over the coming weeks. I'm Fiona Sheehan and my thanks to Nicola Tallent for joining me today. Today's episode was produced by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by Graham Davidson. Archive clips from independent.ie, Sky Sports, RTE News and Virgin Media News. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.